it's just it's more organic now than ever before. The the advantage is going to go to someone who wants to make real stuff and to structure it properly. James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on in. Welcome back, listeners, to episode 68 of Freedom Ocean, the place where James Shramko and I, Timbo Reed, talk about everything in regards to online marketing and online businesses. Jimmy James Shramko, how are you, my friend? Very well, thank you, Timbo. Lovely to hear your dulcet tones from up in New South Wales, where it's probably really warm. As I said before, we hit record. I'm standing here in a polar fleece, and it's two days out from summer. <laughs> Yeah. Do you feel ripped off? Yeah, yeah, feel totally ripped off. <laughs> and, and the fact that I'm going to Italy for our summer means that I won't see summer. Well, I'll see summer in late January, so, you know, happy well, Italy, days. Italy will be nice. Italy, yeah, it will be nice, mate. You're yeah. going to need uh, yeah, you're going to need some local knowledge perhaps. <laughs> uh, could, could tell you all about my experience there. Yeah, well, I know you enjoyed it. I remember a uh, little bit of Ferrari factory action coming back via the video. That is a top tip right there right there yeah top yeah, tip yeah. is to incorporate something business in your trip so that you can uh you know maybe you can claim some of that trip on your tax if you're doing correct. something legitimately for business correct and if you know you're going somewhere where there's something really uh well known or or relevant to your message it's really mm -hmm. good to to go there and record it some kind of device audio or video or otherwise pictures you know it's interesting I've, I've kind of got that in mind and it's like family holiday we're four weeks and i'm kind of like you know do want to kind of lean into the holiday but at the same time by nature the fact that it is my you know it's my it's a small business and it is me i've kind of got to keep the thing going and um i do like the idea of visiting things like you know going to pompeii and you know maybe creating a little video or an audio and drawing some comparisons between maybe how the Romans lived 2,000 years ago and how we do and yeah. A lot of business lessons there and, and this is where we have that blurred line between what's business and what's living. Mm. And, you know, some an old guy last night actually asked me, you know, will you do what you're doing now What until you're maybe 50 and then retire? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like I live like I'm retired now. That's the whole point. And he goes, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose you're right. And like this guy knows me. He's known me for eight years since I had a job and I, I couldn't believe that he still had the structure of retirement. But for me, wherever I go, it's not like I can turn off my business mm. mind anyway. I mean, I went to buy a sandwich yesterday and the shop that I buy the sandwich is very clever where all the other shops have the whole shop dedicated to the showroom and then they have the the uh, storehouse out the back, this thing is like the whole thing is a production warehouse. Like it's oh, – yep. they're creating food and and the counter is pushed right to the front of the shop. Like there's, yep. there is no showroom. And this thing is busy all day. And guess what happens when there's no showroom and everyone has to queue up to buy your food but they're all standing on the footpath. It looks busy. People are going, what is going on over they're there? Like seagulls. They're just like, Woo, what's going on here? And then it's like, oh, sandwiches and pastries. Yeah, yeah. Good value. And this, 
these people, they get it. They are just machine-like. But all through Italy, I was making videos about the guy who built his house on the side of the mountain when no one else, there's no one else there. But they, they all told him it was crazy, but he still did it anyway. <laughs> Italians are half crazy anyway. Just I hear. In fact, we're reading, uh, sitting down with the family last night going through the kind of um, travel tips and um, it sounds a scary place. If you kind of take on board everything that happens in Rome in regards to pickpockets and people, you know, trying to sell you things that you don't need and, and just all the scams that go on, you wouldn't go. But you would not go. It's not going to be the Indians there. You're going to see that uh, in the right near the, like the Trevi Fountain, there will be all the shops will be owned by Filipinos. Wow! And there will be uh, a lot of Indians and other cultures who are setting up all the the um, the scams and the little selling the fluoro lights and that. They keep getting chased away every five minutes by the police. It, would, it happened the whole time I was there. It was fascinating. But then, well, not, maybe I need to interview locals. some scammers. You should. You know that um, they will, <laughs> and they'll be very aggressive if you don't tip them like the, yeah. the people performing, the buskers or whatever. They, mm. If you look at them or admire them and then don't tip, they'll be like waving their hands, like give me the tip. They're wow. very passionate. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Uh, so anyway, I will be reporting back over the course of time uh, while we're there, Some in, in some way, shape or form, whether it just be through social media or doing some videos or podcasts as well. Hey, um, I've got a podcast interview this afternoon on the Small Business Big Marketing Show with – None other than Dr. Snip. Oh, that'll be you fun. Like that? Do you like that for a name? <laughs> it sort of says what he does. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm really interested because that's kind of a business where your your prospects are in fear. They don't want to talk about it. They don't really talk uh, – they don't want to know about it. So it must be a, it must be a difficult business to market. So kind of looking forward to figuring out how he does it. Plus he'd be, he'd be restrained by a whole code of conduct as well. And it's just like probably a one-time customer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Imagine referrals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to go to this bloke. Best oh, vasectomy. Yeah. God, he's good. He just grabbed them and he just snipped it and, oh, I was home in 10. But I suppose their customers are other doctors like GPs and stuff mm. the way, where they get their referrals from, like in the literal formal sense of referrals. Yes. yes yeah, so I'm well, going to refer you to Dr. Snip. Yes, and in fact, uh, I rang to confirm the interview today and it went through to a GP's practice. So it uh, sounds like he's operating out of a GP's practice. I bet so. a lot of their business comes from the golf course, the restaurants, the, the yacht club. The well, it's not just rich people who have snips, James. No, but I'm, <laughs> I'm saying that they're coming from doctors. And, yes. and doctors oh, are okay. very, you know, they're through that old school type yeah. thing. It's like you go to yeah. school, then you study for, what, seven years or something, and mm. then you get to be a doctor. So they're going to be a little more traditional academia types in, yeah. in uh, that referral channel. And they're going yeah. to, you know, they will. I, I dealt with a lot of doctors and medicos when I was at Mercedes-Benz. Mm. They, they do still wear ties and they did go to college and they – they do play golf and they do have yachts. They do live in nice houses. I'm sure it's a bit Very more rah, old, rah. old school. I, I wonder how you'll go. I'll listen to that episode. Thank you. I'll say hello to you. <laughs> Thanks. Now, Jimmy, we've got a bit of uh, a bit of ground to cover today. Excuse the pun. One is we're going to talk travel tips, what you do when you uh, 
pick up and head out somewhere when you're out and about, when you decide to go on a holiday overseas or interstate or when you just want to be mobile. Some tips on that. And in our episode, last episode, we did promise we'd give a quick update on what's happening in the world of SEO. So why don't we start with that and give a bit of a 10-minute summation on the impact of Hummingbird, which is the the most recent update to the Google algorithm. And from everything I read, it seems to be the most significant update since caffeine of two or three years ago. You know, we heard about Penguin and Panda, but but uh, Hummingbird seems to be a game changer. Yeah, so they're saying Hummingbird really has rolled out and it's been rolled out longer than people thought and it's more broad sweeping than what they thought. So we're, we're just seeing this trend where Google are moving away from keyword-based search more into query based which is searching for you know how to and uh you know the sort of natural searches that people would would put in phrases whole phrases rather than just a keyword yeah what i what i understand too around that is that it's it's kind of setting themselves up for the fact that we are going to do more what would you call it voice-based searching as as we get used to things like siri and other devices become more accurate. You know, we're going to be saying things like, you know, instead of saying um, Sydney Opera House pictures, we might say, give me some pictures of the Sydney Opera House. Exactly right. So it's it's what people would actually say, which ties in wonderfully with the Own the Race Course training that I <laughs> teach because I have been saying forever – focus on what real people are looking for and I've even given some clues as to where you would find out what that would be. So there's this big uproar in some circles, oh, you know, Google aren't showing you the keywords anymore in analytics and they're hiding it all and blah, blah, blah. Well, that doesn't really affect me because I stopped using little bolt-on tools and keyword stuff ages ago, like years ago. What I pay attention to is my analytics. What are people finding my site for what sort of phrases and i pay a lot of attention to that and of course you know that most of my videos are faq style videos like how to do this or why this is uh, what why you should use blah 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 or such and such versus such and such these are things that people are really interested in and it turns out they also buy things if they're looking for those things so query mm-hmm. query based content is good to do it's interesting. I'll give you another example. Uh, in fact, it, and it hasn't, it didn't show up yesterday. But I want to buy a um, a Sony uh, CyberShot camera to take away. And of course, there's a number of different models of that camera available. So you know, you type in so Sony CyberShot model comparison, which is kind of a semantic kind of way that you would type it in because we're used to talking to search engines. But the new way would be, what's the difference between the different CyberShot Sony CyberShot models? Yeah. Much more conversational. And that's, that is exactly the sort of video that I would make. I'm like, um, why I switched to Wistia or uh, Office Autopilot versus Aweber and uh, the, the sort of things that, that pop up in our help desk will certainly end up on our um, on our site. And we, if you look into your Google Analytics account these days, you'll see they've really changed the layout and the sort of things that they want to show you. They're talking about acquisition these days and and which channels people are using and the behavior of the visitor to your site the the flow so they're really trying to present a slightly different thing and and when you want to dig into keywords they're not going to show you a lot of it i mean the bulk of them almost all of them will be not provided these days so you want to be Mm. starting to look at 
other things, like on the secondary dimension, you can have a look at the behavior of the visitors or the, the conversion, you know, how long did it take for someone to, to convert? And you can learn more about the way people are using your site and interacting with it from some of these secondary things. And you can certainly have a look at the the browsers they're using, the genders, the pages that they're landing on. These things give you, you know, the ability to segment by by type of visitor and all sorts of stuff. Jimmy, um, you know, like with uh, what I understand with Hummingbird, page titles are still important. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong there, but they are. Page titles are important. Yeah. Meta so, description is important. Yes. And the basically the originality of your content is important, the authorship of it. So so just to the point of page titles, because what do we got? We're 160 characters to complete a page title. So with Sydney Opera House pictures, which would be the old semantic way of that's what we type into Google if we were trying to help this make the search engine understand us. Now the new way is give me some pictures of the Sydney Opera House. Is that what your page title is going forward or is it still Sydney Opera House pictures? Well, you might put something like pictures of Sydney Opera House as your page title. It's okay. It's a, it, a little bit more conversational. It's really what you would put on a diner tape. You know, how would you label that in a filing cabinet if you were to write a fo- folder and, and put them in it? If really? You had, if you can, you, pictures, okay. pictures can I just of challenge Sydney that? Sure. Can I just challenge that? Because uh, on a diner, <laughs> diner tape, like 1974, um, <laughs> you know, w- if my memory of the diner tape or dymo tape, dymo label, whatever they called, was you were you wanted to be fairly brief because it wasn't cheap. That tape stuff wasn't cheap. So you weren't going to go, you weren't going to be verbose. So I'm not sure that's probably the best analogy. All right. Well, what would you write on the folder if you were putting it in a filing cabinet? Yeah, well, the folder's not that- a – You've got pictures. You've got pictures of the opera house on yep. your desk and you have, let's say you want to put them in an envelope yep. and then put the envelope in a filing cabinet. What well, I'd you, put, what I'd put Sydney Opera House pictures. Yeah, so that's what that's what your page title would be. Because hmm. that just feels as though that's not conversational, that's semantic. Yeah, semantic. Yeah, and, the, and it's okay for the – it's quite literal. For the page title, it's okay. Mm. It, and it's really just – it's just one part of the – the overall algorithm. They're going to pay a lot of attention to the words on the page and how you name the pictures. Mm-hmm. But what you can see in your analytics these days is the social relationship of how many people are visiting all sorts of different places and, and how many different, you know, they're, they're trying to mix in the importance of stuff like that. But if you have a multi-platform presence, then you start to really hit that hot spot of customers. So mm-hmm. let's just expand this a little more. Just some basics here. Using actual phrases that people might talk into their computer, that would be good. To pay attention to your analytics and see what you can learn about your existing visitors is very good. And to have a look at typing those phrases into Google and see what pops up on the bottom of the page, mm-hmm. right? So if we went if we did go to Google and we typed um, Sydney Opera House pictures then there's a lot of pictures coming up as the first result, which is great because if, if you were in that market, you would have a lot of pictures of the Sydney Opera House on your site, one would hope. And down the bottom, it has searches related to Sydney Opera House pictures. And it said Sydney Opera House pictures for kids. Yes. Sydney Opera House pictures inside. Sydney Opera House map. 
Sydney, Sydney Opera, Opera House Reviews, reviews at, yeah. then there's attractions, then there's okay, so you know, that's tour that photos and images free. So they're saying, well, we think these things are pretty similar. So if you're in any of those particular categories, you might have an entire post about taking your kids to the Sydney Opera House and how you – here are some pictures that are available for – school children to use in school projects and that you you know give authority for them to use the image royalty free as long as it's for a school project for example now you start using words like school project or children then it's really going to start thinking well this is similar to kids and they can figure that stuff out quite easily so so just to be let's just focus on one so one of those searches related to sydney opera house pictures at the bottom of that search page we've got search uh, a Sydney Opera House pictures inside. So then we go and go, okay, going to create a blog post about pictures of the inside, in the interiors of the Sydney Opera House. So we make sure that that's I'll give you fray- one little tip. You, yeah. you click on that link, right? Yep. And then have a look at what's on the bottom of that page. That page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you're getting a little more depth. You know, it's like the architecture of Sydney Opera House. Yeah. The Sydney Opera House at Sydney night. Opera House at night. Uh, Sydney Opera House inside photos, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, insiders login. So, so can yeah, I just stop yeah. you there because you're on a roll, and I just want to get a clarification. So, we pick one of those things. I'm now going to pick Sydney Opera House at night. We create a blog post. We want to have that as I'm guessing as the headline. We want to see that phrase or something very similar to it in the first paragraph or two of the copy. We probably want to see an image with that alt text completed like that. We want a page title that is similar to that. Are we on the right track here? No, we're talking. That's old SEO. That's just overthinking it. Overthinking. Okay. Yeah. Really, I, I would just say you might have it in your your title, um, Sydney Opera House at night. But your headline could be something completely different. It might be um, how to get more out of your nighttime tour of Sydney Opera House. And then it would be a natural article. You know, mm-hmm. I was with my kids. We visited Sydney. We grabbed the camera. We thought we'd hop on the ferry. We took in some lovely views of the Harbour Bridge. But what really caught our eye was the Opera House. And it is stunning at night. Blah, blah, blah. You don't try and put the word anywhere. Don't dick around with the picture and manipulate it to be exactly that phrase. Mm-hmm. You might put a picture in like might be uh, Opera House, you know, 001 JPEG. It, it doesn't have to be literally that. But really, certainly you don't want really? to be – like it's it's too easy for them but, to find an overly manipulated site. There's but a can I just say there's a different – helping them understand what the site's about versus – trying to grab them by the scruff of the, the neck and lead them to it and jam their face into it and say, oh, look how clever I am. Yeah, okay. I, I get you. And, and I trust you, Jimmy. I trust you. Don't get me wrong. But what I went through then, I wouldn't say was jamming. It was just like, well, that's a picture of the Sydney yeah, Opera House at night. way past but- the average bear's knowledge base. You know, if the things that – the warning bell for me, if you have the title – the exact phrase somewhere in the paragraph and the exact image name, that's starting to look very manipulative. Right. It's just unnatural. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's how it used to work like that. Yep. But it doesn't work like that so much. So Google are smart enough to be able to go, oh, that's there's a headline that sort of seems to be about this going to the Sydney Opera House at night. And there's a picture of um uh, an inside of the Sydney Opera House. And so would, they're kind of going to, through the algorithm, figure out that, yeah, it's an article about Sydney Opera House at night. 
Yeah. I mean, and the funny thing is when you look at the search results for that, you'll see that the authoritative site, like the Sydney Opera House itself, comes up first, which is appropriate. Mm-hmm. It's got lots of Google reviews and stuff. And then you've got Wikipedia's listing, which is right. But then you've got the foodies night, win the foodies night, Sydney Opera House. So it's not in the exact same phrase. It's talking about winning an ultimate foodies night out with Matt Moran. But it is relevant. It's about night and it's about Opera House. And then mm-hmm. you go into stuff like um, you get get all the other Sydney Opera House sub pages coming through, which are, you know. A bit of TripAdvisor. Yeah, and they've got uh, one night only. So, you know, you don't have to have the exact phrase there for you to be able to. to and then down there is like a Wednesday night, mm-hmm. night online special. And then there's, you know, on the number 10 listing is a Flickr image with Sydney Opera House at night, the exact phrase, but it's only the 10th on the page. Yes. I reckon if they overdid it, it'd be booted. See, Penguin was the first algorithm really that I think it just put the hammer down on people who manipulate backlinks. So what they're really doing is now filtering out people who are too perfect because mm. they don't want to be manipulated. They want the most relevant result. Yeah. Now, if you were a spammer trying to rank for that phrase, you could put up a terrible page and just put the phrase three times, name the image, and expect to be on the, the top of the search results a few years ago. But now that's not enough. They're going to look at other stuff. How authoritative is your site? How many pages are on it? How much trust do they have in that domain? How old is it? How fast does the page load? How easy is it to navigate? Do the words actually make sense? Uh, is the image new or has it been on the internet a thousand times before? These things are important now. Mm-hmm. Who links to this? Is it got a mix of links from different social medias and some shares and some comments and some reviews? Or is it got a thousand links to just the home page with the exact same anchor text from blog rolls, forum footers, and link farms? You know, they mm-hmm. can tell this stuff. So old SEOs out. Forget it. And a lot of SEOs have packed up their bags and moved on or they've just got so bored with it. The game has really changed to the point where it's much harder to manipulate Google using the old easy shortcuts. So they just moved on and gone into different areas. Um, I'm really excited for the small business owner uh, more than I am, you know, the internet marketer because this is just, it's just moving towards conversation. So it's like be yourself. It's like, you know, yeah, when I'm talking like to them about their, their copy or speaking from stage or exactly trying to build a brand around their business. It's if, like, it's recognizing the human. Look at super fast business. Every single post is a legit, genuine question and answer piece of content with the original words, original video, original image, original audio and actual comments from real humans and some social shares and what do you know it's got like Mm. stacks of index pages i get search traffic cramming into it i get a thousand opt-ins a month now from actual real content put in a, a nice fast loading site that's easy to navigate that's original that is remarkable enough for people to share. And that's what you should be doing. Yes, you can hire a company like ours to go and create some content and to carefully place it and socialize it and get it um, put in certain places. If you've got nothing, then that's fine. Do that. If you've got something really competitive like a sunglasses e-commerce store, then you might need a little bit of help to, to nudge it over the edge. You haven't been listening to the Small Business Big Marketing Show, have you? No. 
Oh, I don't actually. <laughs> because a kick in the head? Well, Whoa, I... just an insert punch sound effect. No, I interviewed an e-commerce sunglasses store owner in Bali a couple of weeks ago. Oh, right. Well, it just turns out that that's, that's sort of the typical high-end user of our SEO services where mm. they've got literally thousands of products. They are never going to get to them all themselves and they really mm. do need a little link from here or there and they need some help with content. You know, And a lot mm. of our stuff is on page. These days, we'll log onto the site, we'll write original content, update the description and make sure it's all clean. And And heaps of our stuff is, of course, hosting. We just, we, we're just speeding up sites to make them much quicker, mm-hmm. cleaning up their janky plugins and bloated code and, and making them super responsive. So um, Matt Cutts has come out and said responsive websites are good for SEO. They're not getting that dif- diffusion of page rank and and separation that mobile sites tend to have. Mm-hmm. So a responsive site just means it's one site and it works really well in just about any browser. Mm. So we've been doing browser work with customers, making their site work on anything, making it fast, making it easy to navigate, making it mm-hmm. convert better so you've got more profit to reinvest back into content, helping people put rich media on their site like videos and audios and pictures. And yes, you can still do a press release here and there. You can still do blog guest posts and stuff here and there. But don't go and buy Fiverr jobs. Don't put forum spammy profiles. Don't put blog roll links on someone's sidebar with a full follow link. And don't use the same anchor text to every single, from every single site to just your homepage. That's mm-hmm. dumb. And it will get you slapped faster than abusing some pretty girl at a pub so <laughs> work on design but do work, do on, if you like. work on owning your brand work on people searching for your name you'd rather have people looking for tim reed or small business big marketing than podcast on how to grow my business faster okay so build your brand into an authority build your name into an authority be and be real that's what it's about and, and the old tricks don't work uh, forget about it. and forget about all those little tools and bits of pieces. You don't need that. You just need to start with a real human, an actual topic, and make something worthwhile, and then put it up there, and then tell people about it, and hope that that they can help you perpetuate it a little. You know, Facebook it, Google Plus it, tweet it, pin it, and LinkedIn, and you're done. And Jimmy, um, in terms of understanding your prospects' intentions and questions they have, you've covered analytics, you've covered looking at emails, help desk queries, we've talked about Google predictive search. Any other kind of key areas where you'd go to see what what's on their mind? Yeah, you can look at other platforms, have a look at Apple, have a look at iTunes, see what's ranking, see what gets lots of reviews, see what people are discussing, mm-hmm. see what's hot on Facebook. It's really, it is quite straightforward and logical and then you just have to implement so the the big thing where most people fall down is that they're just not doing enough they might one post a month or something i saw an earnings report the other day from one of the other podcasts in our market and they sort of they did i think they did one post in the whole month and they really stopped doing podcasts and it all stopped it slowed right down and they had a a low traffic Mm. month and that is because uh, the, the flip side of content marketing and authority building is that it works really well when you're doing mm. it and it slows down a bit when you slow down, which we've found ourselves. Yes. But uh, when we start being more prolific 
amazingly, the sales start. Mm. We, we had a booming week last week with keyword research reports and article orders and image orders. And coincidentally, I think I put out two videos on the whole topic of content and how to have good content and how to uh, build up your SEO traffic by focusing more on your site. Mm. So that's the overarching thing here is put a lot more effort into your website with the rich original media, lay it out well, and forget about peppering the exact phrase through the content. Forget about exactly naming the image with the exact phrase that you want with the exact page title because that is contrived and it will get you in trouble. What do you say to people? It's a question I get asked often is how often should you put content out? And my answer is always as often as you can because it's… As much as you can afford to. Yeah, and that's based time and money, more often time than money because it doesn't have to cost a lot. Yeah, there is, there's going to be a cost of time or money or both. And um, yeah. in my case, I've got this thing where I'm pretty much publishing something every day, whether it's on this podcast, my other podcast or my main site. I'm publishing something most days. It's a good sort of a, a routine and, and it basically I know what I get for that and chances are – if I were to publish more, I could accelerate my opt-ins and sell more stuff and there would be mm. a cost to time or money. And mm. uh, if you know, I'm putting out, let's say, 30 pieces of content a month, but when we actually syndicate that on our other sites, it ends up being more like 100 or 150 pieces of content and that drives uh, you know, six figures in sales every single month, more than $100,000 every single month is driven primarily from just me doing one piece of content per day. That's, that's the KPI. Now, now give, us an, give us an example of what you mean by syndicate. So you put a bit of content on a site, you put up a, a video on super fast business, then you syndicate it. What does syndicate mean, okay, so, look like? So two, two things there. One is I share that piece of content to my main network. So I'll, I'll Facebook it, Google Plus it, tweet it, LinkedIn it, and pin it. Uh, but what my team will also do, we have three categories on super fast business. We have business, traffic, and websites. If it's a traffic video, then they will take the same video, they will embed it on SEO Partners blog, and they will rewrite the bullets for that video and it's now a new piece of content. It, it looks different in the eyes of Google. It's got a different page title. It has a different meta description. It has different bullets, which is probably you know four or five long phrase query based sort of words and they'll publish it there. And the funny thing is you know, basically from one video, we can end up with uh, three or four different posts it'll also end up on jamesramconews.com and it'll also end up on linkjuice.com and probably trafficshore.com so that one video will go to four or five sites and all with different points all with different bullet points all with different headings you got it baby so yeah do you, do you reckon google are far away from uh being able to interpret what's being uh said in the video and audio well i think they actually just listen can. I yeah. think they have a bit of a stab at interpreting it already and they, they do their own version. Well, YouTube do, don't they? They do. So, yes, absolutely they're getting good at reading rich media. Uh, but the thing is I actually did a test this morning and I found a listing. I was able to search for a phrase and I was able to find uh, two versions of my videos for the on the first page of Google for that phrase. And uh, one was the YouTube version of it and one was the – uh, Wistia player that's on my site version of it, which is a more recent version that we just updated. So I've 
I am able to rank the same piece of content with multiple listings on the first page of Google, even though they've sort of related phrases. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mate, we have um, that, that ten-minute conversation about SEO. <laughs> I didn't think it was uh, going to be a, big. It's so simple for me, but I, I live in a I know, but day. yes, correct, correct. So uh, I think it, it's good to you know have that update, and probably we should do that every time uh, an update comes out. And, and Hummingbird is a couple of months, uh, yeah, nearly a couple of months old now. So um, it is a good conversation to have, and we haven't had it on the show, which I think probably demands that we leave travel tips until the next episode. We keep ca- we always have a carryover. Yeah, you know, didn't that time fly? My goodness, a fly absolutely. And, and you know, the whole thing with SEO, it, it is fascinating, it gets so much attention, mm-hmm. and it is still my number one selling service over a million dollars a year in sales from just that topic, um, service provision. I think because people want to be on the first page of Google, it's still a very appealing idea, and mm. um. We're getting really good at it now, but mostly because we don't do a lot of the things that people think you have to do. And you, most people are overthinking SEO; they're overtaking it. They're, yep. Um, uh, and that's why a lot of the industry guys are bailing because now, what can you do with their propeller head stuff now? All their algos and their formulaic mm. stuff, mm. like it's all useless. With all mm. the yeah, it is. It's it mean- add-ons you don't need anymore. Fascinating, isn't it? Is it? You mean you, you you listen back to this? Anyone who listens back to this conversation, no matter what their level of kind of expertise in this area, it's not that complicated, you know. You know, it's just it's it's just it's more organic now than ever before. The the advantage is going to go to someone who wants to make mm. real stuff and to structure it properly. Yep. You'd have great stuff and just just not get it out there because your site sucks so put more attention to your website i mean there's no coincidence that the part of my business that's growing the fastest is our web development firm because we're building responsive fast loading websites and we're hosting them and we're making them easier to to um for people to get to the content and that's pretty much the the test bench for that was super fast Mm. business and it's just proving more and more powerful since I started it well before Hummingbird. Hummingbird is literally like the we endorse own the race course uh, methodology. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, correct. Very much. Yeah, endorsed yeah. by Google. All right, Jimmy. Well, that's a good episode, mate. We've covered some ground. We will do travel tips in uh, next week's episode uh, for sure because I'll be heading off shortly thereafter. <laughs> and I will have, and I will have been gone. So. I'll, I'll tell you what Where I did. Where are you did. off to? I'll tell you. Oh, I'm off to the uh-huh. Philippines. I'm going to take my team yeah, to lunch. Nice. How are they? They're all good. Everyone's everyone's well, safe. Everyone's well, safe, and amazing, of course, mm. as always. Yeah, that's good, buddy. All right, mate. Uh, listeners, that has been Freedom Ocean. You can head over to freedomocean.com and find out our, find our back catalogue, find out uh, – I think there's transcripts. There's all sorts of, of goodness there. So uh, head over there. And, Jimmy, have a wonderful week, mate. I'll see you next week. Cool. And I was going to ask you one thing, Timbo. Hmm. What's this webinar that you are selling? How could people find out about it? Oh, that's very kind of you. Um, that is next – Wednesday, December 4, 9 a.m. East Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. It's a content marketing webinar. goes for two hours. Uh, I'm going to share how content marketing has been kind of the primary source of marketing for the business growth that I've experienced in the last four years and going to share how I've done that with podcasting and blogging 
and speaking and a little bit of video, and then I'm going to uh, go deep into blogging, podcasting, and video as three forms of content marketing. Got a couple of special guests, Andrew Griffiths, who's a, who's a well-known small business author in Australia, and a mate of mine, Dr. Ben, who's um, nailing video for his chiropractor. So um, just going to uh, lift the lid on content marketing, James, and people can head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and click on the webinar button if they listen to this. Uh, well, actually, it depends on when this goes out, mate. It, we might have been done and dusted. No, I think we'll be in time. Righto. If we get it out Monday, happy days. Yeah, we will. All right, buddy. Uh, love your work and uh, see you next week. All right. See you, Timo. Thanks for diving into the Freedom Ocean with James Schramko and Tim Reed. You've just come that little bit closer to living the life you choose. Please keep in mind that the ideas, opinions, and information shared in the show are those of the hosts and do not reflect those of their past employers. And as far as future employers go, well, they're both pretty much unemployable. (laughs) 